Bienvenidos, I'm your host Lore, and this is Creepy Chisme. Warning, some stories and information on Creepy Chisme may be triggering and are not suitable for all, especially young children. Please listen with caution. Thank you. Hola mi gente, welcome to a special episode of Creepy Chisme. I was not planning on posting this weekend because I never post on the weekends, but it's a holiday and I missed the last few holidays and a goal of mine was to make like a special little episode for the holidays and I missed out. So I'm sorry, forgive me, please forgive me. But <laughs> I started spring break. Woohoo! Teachers, you deserve your spring break, okay? So, yeah, I I clocked out at 2:40. I closed my computer. I'm not looking at it for a week. I am not looking at it. I turned off my email notifications on my cell phone. I am not doing any work for a week. <sighs> anyway, on my first night of spring break, I wanted to stay up late and watch scary movies, you know, do the, you know, the same old, same old. But I started thinking, you know, maybe I should start doing my holiday specials. But then I said, Easter, 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 not really a holiday where you think of something malicious or bad or evil, right? Because it's a religious holiday. And in the Latino culture, at least for... Actually, I don't know if all Latinos celebrate this, but I know from my family, from uh, Guanajuato, where my father's from, we celebrate Sábado de Gloria. So that's the day before Easter, which is technically in the Bible, the day Jesus gets to heaven, right? So that's why we celebrate on Saturday because he gets to his dad, right? He dies, he gets to his father. So you throw a big old party and that's how we do it. In America, Easter Sunday is a huge thing for the Catholic faith. At least that's all I know. That's all I can speak for because that's all I know. And uh, we celebrate on Sundays. But of course, my brain doesn't think like everyone else's. And I'm laying there in bed trying to fall asleep. And this idea popped into my head. And I was like, I wonder if there is something awful that happened on Easter one year. So of course I look it up. And it took, it took a little bit of searching. But I found something. And I figured, why not? Why not do a little, tiny little episode for y'all, you know, (laughs) to shine a light on the darker side of Easter. (laughs) But for real though, I hope you guys have a safe Easter weekend. I hope you guys are safe in general. Wear your mask if you don't feel comfortable. Yes, even if you're vaccinated. (laughs) but no for real you know enjoy your familias 
celebrate Salvador de Gloria, celebrate Easter Sunday, whatever you do, do it. Do it. <laughs> um, so yes, I do want to say though, I want to apologize. I want to send an apology out because my last episode, um, although some of you have been so nice and you're like, oh, it was so good. No, it wasn't. The audio was awful. So I bought a new microphone, a little tiny one. It's like supposed to be easier to carry around. So I used the mini travel microphone. It was completely awful. It was honestly, when I was editing it, it didn't even sound that bad. But when I was listening to the episode after it had been uploaded, I couldn't believe I put that out. So I'm so sorry. I'm still working with the editing software I have and learning and I'm not using that microphone ever again. (laughs) It sounded really awful. Also, I don't have a cold. My allergies are so bad. I'm actually on allergy medicine and um, it is helping. So I don't have COVID. (laughs) I just have a stuffy nose. So if I sound a little weird today, that's why. But let's get into this. Let's get into this. So I'm actually going to read an article to you because it's written the way I would tell a story in story form. Now, I will tell you where I got this article because, well, let me tell you, the site is called American Hauntings Inc. I-N-K.com. And check them out. They have a lot of really good stories on here. And um, this was actually the one that popped up. And it is called the Easter Sunday Massacre. Ooh. I really need to learn how to put music in the background. I'm telling you, it's a game changer. It is a game changer. All right, so let's do this. So, Easter Sunday, 1975. We are in Hamilton, Ohio. We have the Rupert family. So, their day started out just like everyone else's. Happy, right? Um, egg hunts, moms making meal preparations, they're about to have a family dinner, everybody's dressed up real nice for church. They went to church and they gathered at 635 Minor Avenue in Hamilton, which was a middle class community um, close to Cincinnati. But what happened that afternoon, March 30th, 1975, will go down in history as one of the deadliest shootings to ever occur in a private home in American history. And it left a grim and troubling haunting behind. James Urban Rupert was born on March 29, 1934. His early life was sad and abusive. His mother Charity often called him a mistake because she wanted a daughter. His father, Leonard, was a violent man with a quick temper and little time or affection for his two sons. He died in 1947 when James was 12 and his brother, Leonard Jr., was 14. He was not missed by the boys. So, right there, we have a bad childhood upbringing, um, both neglected, well, Yeah, both neglected by their father and their mother. So Leonard Jr. became the head of the family and according to James, picked on him incessantly. James did poorly in school 
didn't have many friends, and was always smaller than his brother. As an adult, he was five foot six and weighed about 135 pounds. At 16, James was so unhappy at home that he attempted suicide by hanging himself with a sheet. He failed and resigned himself to an unremarkable life. So he's obviously depressed, going through depression. As he got older, his resentment for his brother grew. James flunked out of college after two years, while Leonard earned a degree in electrical engineering and excelled in sports. To make matters worse, Leonard married one of the few girlfriends that James had ever had, with whom he had eight children. That's bogus. <laughs> I'm sorry. His brother, if you didn't hear that, his brother married one of the only girlfriends he ever had. So the poor guy's depressed to begin with, and now he's alone. Pretty bad. Pretty awful. And then they had eight kids. All right. Leonard had a great job with General Electric, where James, at age 41, was unemployed and living with his mother. On top of it all, James owed money to his wife and brother, from whom he had borrowed large sums after losing what little he had in the stock market crash of 1973 to 1974. Charity was frustrated with his inability to keep a job and his constant drinking, and she threatened to evict him. The threat seems to have been what finally sent James over the edge. So poor guy... I mean, okay, I'm not feeling sorry for him, but like, he's depressed. He's had a horrible childhood. On March 29th, James's birthday, witnesses later reported seeing him shooting at cans with a 357 Magnum along the banks of the Great Miami River in Hamilton. He went out later that night, and at the 19th Hole Cocktail Lounge, he talked with employee Wanda Bishop. She later recalls that James seemed very depressed and talked about his mother's demands on him and her threatening eviction. He said that he, quote, needed to solve the problem, end quote. He left the bar at 11 p.m. that night and later returned. When asked if he had solved his problem, he replied, quote, no, not yet, end quote. He stayed until the bar closed at 2.30 a.m., Party. Party animal. Here we go. <laughs> um, Trigger warning. I am sorry. I mentioned suicide and I'm so sorry. That's why I have my trigger warning at the beginning. But I'm going to trigger warning because this is pretty brutal. And if you don't like hearing about murder, then don't listen. <laughs> On Easter Sunday, Leonard and his wife, Alma, brought their eight children, ranging in ages from 4 to 17, to see their grandmother at the house of Minor Avenue. James stayed upstairs, sleeping off his night of drinking, while the children enjoyed an Easter egg hunt in the front yard. Afterwards, they came inside, and while Charity, Alma, and Leonard finished lunch preparations, the children played in the living room. So they're pretty much, you know, doing what you do on Easter Sunday. You get with your family, everyone's cooking, kids are playing. Normal day, right? Around 4 p.m., James woke up, loaded his 357 Magnum, two 22 caliber handguns, and a rifle, and went downstairs. He entered the kitchen, where he shot and killed Leonard, Alma, and Charity. 
His nephew, David, and his nieces, Teresa and Carol, were also in the kitchen, and he killed them too. James then rushed into the living room, where he killed his niece Anne and his four remaining nephews, Leonard III, Michael, Thomas, and John. He killed each of his victims by first taking a disabling shot and then finishing them off with a shot to the head or heart. The whole massacre took less than five minutes to complete. I'm sorry. I just... I'm trying to understand how even a depressed person can do something like that in five minutes. It's awful. He was sleeping. He woke up, loaded his guns, and in five minutes killed the entire family. James sat in the house for three hours before he called the police. When they arrived, he was waiting for them just inside the front door. The police described the scene as a slaughterhouse. There was so much blood splashed, but it was dripping through the floorboards into the basement. To this day, stains can still be seen on the wood. The murder shocked the small community and made headlines across the country. Those who knew James never believed that he was capable of such violence. He was a quiet, unassuming man, and what people would say, the perfect neighbor. He was arrested and charged with 11 counts of aggravated homicide. He refused to answer any questions, and he was very uncooperative. He made it clear that he planned to offer an insanity defense. Prosecutors believed that he planned to plead insanity, and then after being cured, would be released to inherit a 300,000 inheritance. The original trial was supposed to be in Hamilton. A three-judge panel found James guilty of 11 counts of murder, and they sentenced him to life in prison. A mistrial was declared, and a second trial was held in Finlay, Ohio, about 125 miles north, since it was decided that James could not get a fair trial in his hometown. The second trial began in June 75, and prosecutors offered new evidence about James' target shooting and statements about solving his problem. In July, he received a new sentence of 11 consecutive life sentences in prison. James appealed, and a new trial was granted in 1982. Defense attorney Hugh D. Holbrook convinced his client was insane, personally funded the hiring of expert psychiatrists from all over the country. On July 23rd, another three-judge panel found James guilty of two counts of first-degree murder, his mother and his brother, but found him not guilty of the other nine counts by reason of insanity. He received one life sentence for each guilty count to be served consecutively between 72 and 76. The death penalty had been suspended in the U.S. as a result of a pending U.S. Supreme Court decision, so James could not be sentenced to death for this crime. Wow. Out of 11 counts, all he was charged with in the end was his mom and his brother, and the rest, he pled insanity. That sounds like a good argument because you can clearly say after he, he had a reason to want to kill his mother and brother, right? 
the mistreatment his whole life. So I get that. And then they're pretty much saying, so because he killed them, he was insane and he decided to just kill everyone. Literally insane. James Rupert remains incarcerated today in the Allen Oakwood Correctional Institution in Ohio. He was granted his first parole board hearing in 1995, but his release was denied, as was his latest attempt at parole in April 2015. There is a very good chance that he will die behind bars, which he deserves to. In the wake of the murders, the 11 victims were buried in the Arlington Memorial Gardens in Cincinnati. A year later, the house on Minor Avenue was open to the public, and all of the contents were sold at an auction. Okay, wait. <laughs> Would you buy? That's literally, it's not just like one person. 11 people were killed in this home. Blood splattered everywhere. Would you even think of buying? I know my dad would. <laughs> my dad loves garage sales. But oh, I could never. I could never. They claimed it was cleaned up. Carpets were placed over the blood stains that could not be removed. And it was rented out to a family that was new to the area and had no idea of the horrifying events that occurred there. You best believe they quickly moved out. I mean, imagine that being your neighbor, right? And then the awful crime happens. And then like a year later, they fix it up and rent it out. And you notice a beautiful little family living there. You wouldn't tell your neighbor what happened to the, to the house? Oh my gosh. And I'm pretty sure that's why they quickly moved out, because somebody told them. After leaving the house, they claimed to hear voices and strange noises that they couldn't explain. Lights turned on and off, doors slammed, and thudding footsteps were often heard coming down the stairs. They were not the last to move in and quickly leave. A number of other families moved in and out of the house, and none stayed for long. All of them reported sounds and voices that could not be explained. The house was abandoned for several years, but the last family that moved in reported nothing out of the ordinary. Whatever eerie haunting that had plagued the previous tenants was over at last. I'm hoping that means that their spirits or energies crossed over into a different world because for as quick as they were taken, I can imagine them lingering, confused, lost. And so, in hearing that this last family to move in is like, eh, we don't hear anything. I hope that's a good sign. But yeah, that is the Easter Sunday Massacre. I hope you enjoyed that little story. I hope you guys enjoy your families. Don't get too crazy. I know we've been locked up for a long time, but don't get too crazy, y'all. It's supposed to be a beautiful day around Chicago. But I want to keep this super short. So gracias por escuchar y nos vemos pronto. Creepy Chisme is created for entertainment purposes only. Thank you for listening, and don't forget, stay creepy!